This is Encore Performances, reconnecting with friends of GBA. I'm your host, Joel Carson, the Executive Director of the Geoprofessional Business Association. GBA is known for engaging with amazing speakers at our conferences, and in this series, we reconnect with past keynotes that have become old friends of GBA to see where life has taken them and learn from their journey. They are American heroes, best-selling authors, business leaders, executive coaches, all experts in their field and brilliantly engaging. I hope you enjoy reconnecting with these friends of GBA as much as I do. Today, I'm reconnecting with an inspiring keynote speaker from our 2019 fall big data conference that was held in Louisville. He shared his experiences with us and gave us tools and insights on ways we can all be better leaders in a dynamic business climate. It's my honor to talk again with Patrick Schwertfiger. Patrick, welcome. Yeah, thanks so much, Joel. It's great, great to see you again. I'm happy to, to join you for this podcast. Great. As a reminder, Patrick is the author of Pandemic Inc., Eight Trends Driving Business Growth and Success in the New Economy, which is his latest book, but he's also written five other books and he's lectured at numerous academic institutions, including Purdue and Stanford universities. He's also a regular speaker for Bloomberg TV, founder of Trend Mastery Inc., and host of Strategic Business Insights video blog, with over 25,000 subscribers and 6 million views on YouTube. Patrick's spoken about business trends, technology, and digital marketing at hundreds of conferences around the world. And thank you again, Patrick, for joining me today. It's great to talk with you. Yeah, I know it's great to be back, Joel. And this is certainly an exciting time, lots of changes to talk about. So let's jump in. Awesome, let's jump in. So during your presentation to us in 2019, you shared with us some really incredible trends in data analytics. So what trends are you now seeing in data analytics in response to the unprecedented events in 2020? Well, I mean, of course, it's a great question to start off with, Joel, but I mean, data is the name of the game. I mean, we're seeing that uh, on the evening news every single night you know, following the pandemic, where, where are the infections? Where's the death rate? Is the death rate changing? What's the percentage of positives of all the different tests that are being conducted? So data, you know, and my latest book is, is it covers eight trends uh, that are accelerating as a result of this pandemic. And, and the, the key word there is accelerating. Like these are not new trends. It's the same trends we've had for the past five, 10 years, but there's certain trends that are certainly accelerating and uh, data and analytics is, is top of the list, practically. Maybe not the number one. I would say the number one is probably just concerns of liquidity. But aside from that, uh, data analytics is the name of the game. So and we're seeing that play out in, in all sorts of different areas. I mean, obviously, you know, more and more things are, are happening virtually. People are working at home. Uh, and so there's, there's some analytics going on there as far as productivity goes and the cost and comparing that to the line items of leases, corporate lease, commercial leases, and so on. But you also get, you know, all these applications in the marketing field where people are, you know, the customer experience, following the customer journey, 
you know, those are kind of cliche phrases, but the, but what are we really referring to? We're referring to data and understanding like, where's your customer at? What's their specific experience? And how do you provide a marketing message that's, uh, that, that's tailored to, to their situation, which will inevitably increase the conversion rate. But, but I'll, I'll throw one more thing in there just because of the audience here and, and field of the profession of geology and so on. Optimization and virtual planning, you know, planning for a construction site, planning for a dig, planning for anything ahead of time in a virtual space with, you know, digital twins and so on. Like these are all technologies which are really accelerating now because the, the immediate impact is to reduce human proximity and, and, and try not to be too close to each other all the time. And so more and more people are, are, are planning a construction project or some sort of a, you know, mining and oil exploration, everything's being planned in an incredible, to an incredible extent, it would have been un, unimaginable five, 10 years ago. But today with all the sensors we have and all the data that we have access to, or that we could have access to by, by installing sensors, people are able to uh, plan these things much more in advance. And we're gonna see an acceleration of that trend. And that of course is also just driven by uh, data analytics. Yeah, that I am seeing that a lot and um, in our world, so much more planning, so much reliance, more reliance on technology before we go out into the field is required. And I think it's gonna be a game changer for our industry based on what our members are telling us. The first question is always, you know, what data you know, do we have and what data could we accumulate you know, the, the IOT, the Internet of Things, is, is driven by that second question. What could we measure? Quite often, that's the bleeding edge. So people are trying, you know, sensors are getting cheaper and cheaper. So you, you, can, you can measure more and more things. And a lot of times you measure something and you don't really get a lot of great insights out of it. But sometimes you, you find something that's really gold. And, and it's that trial and error process that leads to those new innovations those use cases, and then it kind of propagates through the, the industry from there. So as, as professionals in the field, we need to always look for those use cases. Like what are people measuring? What's, where's the positive ROI? And, and try to adopt those new technologies as soon as they start to prove themselves in, in real world scenarios. And you talked a little bit about the disruption that's being caused by this global pandemic. I mean, it's extreme disruption. It's upheaval. And how that's forcing us all to advance our use of technology. And so what is your thought on technology in general and, and how this disruption is, is really pushing us forward? So I have my, my girlfriend is, is a, a, um, a VP in, in, a credit, in a credit union. And they're um, they have these internal calls once a week to discuss uh, initiatives. And of course, everyone's working from home. And what's become obvious in her situation and, and so many others that, that I've heard about is the sense of urgency to adopt technology has exploded. And so their spending, you know, they might be, high, you know, maybe they've laid people off. Maybe they've canceled some commercial leases. Maybe they're calibrating to reduce expenses. But the one place where expenses are not being reduced is in the adoption of technology, whether it's artificial intelligence or uh, just data analytics or, or the whole digital transformation. And of course, in the marketing space, you get 
companies like uh, the Trade Desk, which is a, a company that I, I have in my portfolio, and the stock is just soaring. And, and you can see the, the comparison you know, of, the, of the NASDAQ stock exchange, which is tech heavy, and the Dow Jones. And, and there's a really dramatic difference between the two. And I, I'm not gonna make an opinion on whether or not they're overvalued or undervalued or the role of the Fed or anything like that, but the relative impact where you see technology companies thriving uh, in the stock market while other sectors are lagging is a real indicator. It, it, and it shows that, that people are adopting technology as fast as possible. So I think this, this pandemic and the quarantine and the kind of the economic shock of the whole thing and probably the first of many shocks that we're likely to encounter is just driving that sense of urgency. And, and I think we all need to look at technology as aggressively as we can or at least as, as aggressively we, as we realistically can do, given our liquidity situation and revenue and profits and so on, uh, to try and get into that new age of technology as quickly as possible. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And I um, have heard as I talk with leaders of our member firms that where they are cutting back on expenses of a lot of things, travel and, and leases, as you indicated, uh, the one area that they are looking for investment, longer term investment, so that 2021, 2022, they have these new technologies uh, in place and can rely on those efficiencies to carry us through this total disruption. You know, the, the, the kind of enduring equation behind business is find a problem and fix it. And we haven't had this many problems in a long time. <laughs> So there's, there's a lot of opportunity and that's, you know, that, that's, we can talk about that too, if you like, but I think there's enormous opportunity and that's driven by this enormous change that we're in the middle of. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the opportunity about um, our workers now working remotely and you alluded to it in a previous response, but um, what technology should we know about now as we shift temporarily or or maybe permanently to more remote workforces well you know i mean the obviously the the kind of obvious answer is you know we're doing this interview over zoom and so many people are using zoom these days and, and so more and more virtual uh platforms are, are are gaining ground but you know the, the the interesting thing about like let's take zoom specifically as an example you know, when, when you start using it for the first time, you're, you're kind of struck by how effective it is. But then when the more you use it, you start to realize that it is quite good, but it doesn't compare to a face-to-face -face interaction. And so you still have this delta between what the technology can provide and, and what you can do, you know, one-on-one -on -one, uh, in a conference room or, or at a conference, for example. And so that delta is going to, you know, there's tons of money being poured into these technologies. How do we make it more immersive? How do we make it more engaging? How do we keep people, you know, the engagement level is a lot lower when, you, when you've got, you know, a Zoom call with 30 people on it, one person speaking. Very difficult. I've done it. I've done it a bunch of times recently because of what I do for work. And and you've got, you know, video feeds of people on the screen where all of a sudden a kid runs behind them and, you know, or a dog or something. And there's constant disruption. So, but, but then, you know, we look at, and this is something we talked about in 2019, you look at uh, the whole field of virtual reality. And of course, we've been talking about that for 10 years and it still hasn't really caught on. But, but last year in 2019, uh, Microsoft got a large $480 million order 
to supply their augmented reality headsets to the military, to the Department of Defense. Now that's a leading indicator. Uh, you know, once you have an order of that size, we're talking about probably tens of thousands of soldiers uh, being trained on these, this technology and the capabilities, and, and they're part of our population, so they're going to come back into the real world and be familiar with these sorts of options. And, and if you've tried any sort of VR or augmented reality headsets, you'll know, I mean, it is striking how different it is. I mean, that is truly the bridge from, you know, the fact that you're sitting in a room somewhere to actually interacting in a virtual world. Uh, it's amazing. I mean, it tricks your brain to thinking you're right there. Yeah. So that that is coming. And, you know, I don't know how soon it's going to come, but I think certainly within the next, you know, with the Microsoft order in the rearview mirror, you know, I would expect within the next two, three, four years, we're going to see some significant advancements in that field. And that could, you know, imagine going to a conference where you can literally walk down a virtual conference center hallway and, and bump into someone that you've interacted with in the past. And who, of course, it would immediately show you notes from that previous interaction. So you're even better off than you would be in, in real life. You know, the whole virtual world is going to be, it's going to get a lot better from where we are now. Faster than it probably was going to before this, uh, this pandemic. Yeah, for sure. As we continue to experience personal and professional challenges during these unprecedented times, I've started asking my friends and colleagues to fill a fill in the blank question. It's, it's a message of hope. And so, Patrick, could you join that group and will you please fill in the blank to this question? The silver lining in all of this is blank. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that's, uh, yeah, I think this is a good question to ask. You know, I mean, look, we're, this, this, this whole thing is essentially reshuffling the deck, right? You got all the different participants in the economy, including, you know, let's say hotel companies and, and airlines and conference facilities, you know, the travel, tourism folks, restaurants. On the other side, you've got technology, obviously the, the first one being the losers generally and the second one being the winners. You know, the, the deck is being reshuffled and technology is in the spotlight uh, for sure. But I think that, you know, this whole thing is, is going to lead, well, let me, let me say two different things. First, you know, we're, we're going we're gonna to get to a world of, you know, safer human interactions. Like there, there's going to be a lot of precautions uh, taken, you know, which of course those precautions won't be as necessary once there's a vaccine and the immediate threat kind of subsides. But I think a lot of those precautions are going to stay in place. And the, again, virtual uh, interactions, people shopping online, you know, unfortunately, the shopping centers like the department stores, they're, they're going to, I think it's, it's a stretch for, for them to all survive. Maybe one or two might, but, you know, JCPenney and, and you know, some of these other companies are really in a lot of trouble. But, but I think that the, we're going to get to a world that has, you know, some safer interactions. And I think people are, are appreciating some of the simpler things in life again. And even some of the, you know, the people who are like, for example, teachers and their critical importance, you know, when you have children running around at home, it's just an incredible burden. But, but the, the second thing which I'll mention is, is uh, from an environmental perspective, I think that's going to benefit quite a bit. I mean, I, I think the more and more people are going to be working virtually. I think traffic will come back, but probably not to the same level that we saw before. Uh, and there's all sorts of, of new technologies which are going to benefit that. So maybe, maybe we end up 
you know, giving the planet a little bit of a break and, and, uh, and reimagining what, what it is to, to be human and be part of this community. So, you know, it's hard. I feel like I'm not giving a specific answer, but I think there's a lot of things that are shifting in a direction that can end up benefiting the species, if you will, right? The, the planet, the people who live here, maybe we end up in a situation where we're, we're taking a little bit better care of ourselves and better care of the environment that we're a part of. Yeah, and to, to one of those points, I know when we spoke before, you were traveling to 40 or 50 conferences a year to share your, uh, your message and to in, inspire leaders. And now that's not happening, obviously. So what are you doing now that you're not traveling to all these conferences? What are your new projects and, and how are you how are you reaching your audience? Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you know, it's been a shift for me too, right? I mean, this has been a, you know, the immediate impact. My revenue went to zero, right? Uh, all the events were canceled and so on. So it was pretty, it was quite a shock. But, but you know, I wrote the book. So that was, uh, that was a, a mad scramble to, to try and, and write a book while it was still relevant. So uh, Pandemic Inc. You know, my previous book was Anarchy Inc. So this is kind of a sister book to that. Again, the trends are, are many of them are the same uh, or very, very similar. So it covers, you know, the, the content overlaps to some extent, but this book is much more relevant given the circumstance. So, you know, I'm doing that. I'm, now the virtual events have come back, even the, this podcast. And, and just yesterday I did a, a conference uh, virtually. And I think the, the, the jury's still out on, on how effective those events are, but, but people are giving it a shot. And, and I think, you know, it's a different skill set to deliver the content virtually and be comfortable in front of a camera is quite different. So I, I think, you know, I have 700 videos on YouTube. So I have some familiarity making these, these types of videos and being comfortable talking to a camera, but I could be better. And, and certainly, you know, maybe I'm, I'm better than a few others. So even there, the deck is being reshuffled and, and some yeah. speakers, you know, who might've been doing great before aren't doing as well. And some other speakers that might've just been middle of the pack are now really coming out uh, and flourishing. So, you know, I'm being, I'm trying to be part of the, part of the second group, but, but I'm, I'm more than anything else. I mean, I'm, I'm delighted uh, to have the, the book out. It, it really helps me to get in front of the topic and stay relevant. So that, that's something that I'm quite excited about. Awesome. So where can our members find your books and reach out to you for virtual presentations and other engagements? Yeah. I mean, you know, so, I mean, the book Pandemic Inc. is, is on Amazon. You know, it's, the original title had the word COVID-19 in it. Uh, and it turns out that you can't advertise a book that has that term. So I've had to change the title. So there's actually two different versions currently on Amazon, which is frustrating. But if you look for Pandemic Inc., you'll, you'll see it. Uh, you'll see that it quickly. And as far as me personally, I mean, you know, my, my full name, which of course, my last name's a disaster, but PatrickSchwartfeger.com is my, is my full uh, URL. You know, if you can spell it, <laughs> you can get there. You can Google my name. Certainly it should come up first or second. Um, and it's, it's designed for, you know, as a speaker, so it's designed mainly for event planners, but there's a contact form there and that actually comes right into my inbox. So if anyone has anything they, they're curious about or questions or want to discuss something, uh, send me a message. I, I would, I would love to, to hear from people like that. Great. So Pandemic Inc., Eight Trends Driving Business Growth and Success in the New Economy. You can find that on Amazon. Yep. And you can reach out to Patrick directly through his website, patrickshortfigure.com. And that information will be included in the promo for this podcast. 
so you can find him there or just Google him uh, and try your luck at his last name. <laughs> uh, so Patrick, thank you for your time. What message do you want to leave us with today? Um, well, you know, I guess we touched on it earlier. I mean, this is, this is an incredible time of opportunity, but you know, it takes bold leadership. I mean, we need, you can't, you can't, number one, you can't like plan to, to, to change the world. You just got to take a step forward in the direction of your goals and kind of calibrate as you go, because it's just, there's such so many moving targets. It's hard to know where you're at, but, but this is a time of opportunity. And, and, and you know, a lot of executives instinctively go on defense uh, to protect their old business model. And I would say, uh, don't do that. Stay on offense, look for new business models, look for new opportunities and, and try, you know, little experiments and, and fail often and iterate towards success because it, it's the next five years is going to completely change. You know, we're going to have companies that are doing well in five, 10 years that we probably don't even know about today. So uh, this is a time to, to look for those opportunities and maybe we can be one of those success stories. These are exciting times indeed. Yes. And what an honor it has been to spend a little time with you today again, Patrick. Thank you very much. You've been so generous with your time and you reminded me of how valuable your presentation was to our members in 2019. Thank you. We wish you great success and uh, look forward to connecting with you sometime in the future. Yeah. Thank you, Joel. It's, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encore Performances, Reconnecting with Friends of GBA. If you enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and listen to future episodes. I'm confident you'll be inspired, informed, and entertained. For more great resources to help make you and your business smarter, stronger, and more successful, visit our website at geoprofessional.org. Thank you again for listening to your continued success.